0: back when I was coming through, it was, bang, you got told what to do, what time you arrive, and, and we still do a bit, what time to arrive, what you're doing, and that's it, where I've been noted to have players run their own sessions. I sit back and just watch players, and it's a rabble sometimes, mm. but, you know, they do get sick of your voice, and I think it's really important that, again, your generation started with a voice, um, and, and they want to be heard and, and shared and and sort of brought along with on the journey and not have this sort of, authoritarian approach um in in your coaching or leading
1: you're listening to the one-on-one football podcast the number one podcast for aussie rules training coaching and development tips welcome or welcome back to the one-on-one football podcast harry simington here co-host of the show we've got another great episode coming up for you today but in a slightly different format to usual Every now and then, Rainzy and I are going to jump on without a guest and chat together about a topic that we ourselves are particularly passionate about. These mini episodes of the podcast are called 20 Minute Topics, where we try and squeeze as much as we can into 20 minutes, the equivalent to a quarter of football. So, Rainsy is the expert on today's 20-minute topic episode. Um, I won't go into too much detail on uh, on his background now, although I'd highly recommend that you go back and listen to uh, the very first episode, episode one uh, of this podcast, uh, where we dive a little deeper into, into Rainsy's career, both as a player and a coach. Um, but if you haven't listened to that episode yet, uh, Rainsy's the, the head coach of the Gold Coast Suns Academy, uh, something that we refer to throughout the episode uh, simply as the Academy uh, so the topic for today's 20-minute uh, topic episode uh, is Coaching Generation Z, uh, a topic that, that Randy knows uh, very well, having presented it uh, at the Elite World Sports Summit in South Africa a few years back. Um, Some of the topics that we cover today are uh, the, the strengths and weaknesses of Generation Z, uh, the effectiveness of the spray, uh, giving feedback and the importance of following up on that feedback. Um, How to deal with public interest and media coverage uh, for draft hopefuls, getting to know your players, are they intrinsically or extrinsically motivated, Uh, mental health in young footballers, uh, a concept called the five screen culture, Uh, how to communicate with Gen Z athletes both at training and away from the footy club, uh, making sure that this generation is heard, Um, and a really interesting one, uh, vertical versus horizontal relationships uh, at the footy club between the uh, athlete and the coach. Um, So we'll get stuck straight into the episode after this quick message from our sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by one-on-one football's online training programs. Choose from three or six weeks of AFL-specific training helping you take your game to the next level. Sign up for free at oneononefootball.com.au. Rainsy, good to be back on the show, mate. Uh, Let's jump straight into it. Today's 20-minute topic is coaching Gen Z. Uh, something that you have a lot of experience with, um, and you're obviously quite passionate about. Uh, could you just tell us first off who is Generation Z?
0: Thanks, Harry. Uh, Generation Z is uh, born anyone born in the '90s, mid '90s to mid 2000s. So I reckon you tick the box there, mate. Bernard a Gen Z. Um, they definitely. are they're definitely uh, they're globally connected, um, politically engaged, believe it or not, uh, and fiercely independent. Uh, and yet they understand the importance of team connection. Um, as you know, which you're really good at, I think it's one of your strengths, techni- technologically innate. So it's obviously sort of embedded in your very early days and your generation. Um, and a little stat, up to 56% of uh, the days are spent online. So um, obviously always surrounded by the technological sides of our, of our world or our living. Um, so that obviously comes with a lot of challenges, which will probably... Uh, chat to today, but also a lot of strengths too. A lot of um, a lot of awesome things that this generation um, brings to uh, to the table in terms of um, obviously in, in football and team sport, um, and then also to the challenges and knowing knowing this. Um, you know, you can face with challenges at times, but giving coaches the ability to be able to deal with um, and learning more about this generation. So, looking forward to getting uh, stuck into this topic today, mate
1: yeah for sure and um just to expand a little bit on on the football side of um of things with with the gen z athletes um obviously coaching styles and methods have developed a lot uh, yeah over the past couple of decades to to accommodate um i guess the um, the different personalities of Generation Z athletes. Um, what are some of the biggest changes that you've noticed um, through the course of your career and and, and why can't you coach today's athletes uh, like you might have been able to coach previous generations of athletes?
0: Yeah, it's a really interesting one. I, I was actually probably the back end of uh, the old school of sort of coaching. Um, when I started my career, uh, there was some pretty brutal feedback in team meetings. You used to get, you know, sort of singled out if you did something wrong or, or not necessarily something wrong but areas to improve you probably get singled out a lot more um we used to get that with video, video vision after obviously a game um you did something poor or whatever the coach would, would put that up on the screen and wouldn't think they'd do that too much these days maybe they do it in a more constructive way um so definitely have seen changes in that um probably more um again you know the old spray. I think we we, we talk about the, the the old school sort of coaches spray at times, which, and you might be able to sort of elaborate on this a bit more. But I think um, you can still use that. But I think back in the old day or old I shouldn't say old old days. It making me feel a bit old. But back in the old school <laughs> sort of approach, I think you could probably do that more often. Where again, probably ask you the question. You probably get used to someone keeps spraying someone, and they use that tone of voice uh, a lot. It, you, it it loses its effect. So this generation of uh Gen Z, you can still use it, you just gotta use it in in different in a different manner and you've probably got to earn the respect and trust. Um and you've probably got more of a voice these days where back then it probably more was a sort of a authoritarian type of approach with, with coaching. And not saying that's all it's probably more of a, a broader term and and probably um more categorizing that sort of uh era but I definitely noticed a difference. And then when I Sort of finished, I uh, was finishing up Micro. So it was early days in my career. I noticed a lot and I was sort of coached that way. I didn't remind, I, I didn't mind it. I, I sort of responded pretty well to that sort of old school coach's spray um, and some pretty harsh feedback. But uh, 12, 13 years later, when I was actually the Gold Coast Suns, um, ending my days in the sort of the Needful Reserves and helping a lot of doing on field coaching, helping a lot of um, Gen Zs and, and playing with, because um, I'm a millennial. So a bit of a one generation uh, sort of gap there or, or difference but I noticed um, yeah a, a, a really distinct difference and in, 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 in dealing with these sort of um, players and, and types of um, types of personalities and, and what came with that so I definitely saw a shift and change and, and they were more sort of I think more responsive to, to building that trust and connection straight away um, and, and then once you've got that you can pretty much uh, sort of Give that feedback or or, uh, or constructive feedback along the way. So they're the sort of clear differences. I did notice a fairly distinct change over my careers of playing and and now coaching. Um, yeah, obviously I'm dealing with it every day.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting that you um, mentioned that um, the sprays might not be used as much uh, these days. So it probably has more of an effect when um, when you do use it. Um, and like as a, as a coach, have you ever? Been about to give a spray and then thought, "Oh, hang on, this particular athlete. Um, I know with their personality, and they're probably not going to respond well to it." And you've and you've sort of held yourself back and and communicated in in a different way.
0: Definitely, and again, probably a question for you too, which I'll I'll ask shortly. But it's I have noted it's a it's it's a big thing for a coach to really if you've got a list, and I remember I did this when I I got the role at the academy um, when I first started. And I, I uh, I actually try to sit down with every single uh, player to actually understand them and and Mm -hmm. how they tick because what you might respond to and and be motivated by is totally different to someone else. And that's probably happened throughout all generations. But what I used to think, what I think the difference is and going back to sort of the previous question is that other generations probably used to be all under the one umbrella where these days, Mm -hmm. and and treated like that, where these days I think it's totally different knowing the individual is more individualized individually Specific in terms of the way you give your feedback you motivate you support all these type of things, so definitely that was a big thing to for me to sit down and actually try and understand and learn how people different people respond because because they do so what's your thoughts on that do you do you sort of agree with that sort of notion of getting to understand the individual and, and how did you respond to sort of you know with feedback do you like it brutally sort of brutal feedback and honest feedback and told the truth or um i suppose uh, i suppose most footballers do but in what sort of way
1: yeah it's a really interesting question actually i think um i i I always liked uh feedback that was either like detailed informative or like obviously constructive but um wasn't just uh you're doing this wrong it was i'd always be looking for okay i understand that i've I've I've, you know i need to improve in this area but um then what's the action plan so Mm -hmm. if a coach um, I think you're really good at that as well was, um, uh, identifying something in, in your, in your game review or your report, whatever it is. Um, but then as soon as you have analyzed it, then say, all right, well, these are the actions, these are the habits that we're going to put into plan to actually improve mm. it. Um, I think as a coach, that's sort of, that's the missing link, I guess. Uh, footballers can, you know, say, oh, I need to kick better. I need to mark better. I need to be more disciplined on field. But, um. I think if you can, yeah, sort of redirect the focus not to what they're doing wrong, but to how they can improve. Mm. Uh, you're probably going to get a a better response. Well, for me anyway. But I, I think um, I remember actually we were speaking to Sally Riley uh, on the podcast, and we asked her uh, what the difference between coaching males and females was like, and and whether she thought that that um, that the, uh, the girls should be coached any differently. Mm. And I think, um, and you mentioned it then as well, it was every athlete's different and if you get to know the athlete then you can coach them in in, in a way that that they'll respond to it's not that one uh, one technique or mm. um or one method's going to work for everyone is that is that sort of along the lines of, of your thoughts yeah i think so and that's
0: pretty much the back what i was saying before that umbrella approach in terms of the previous generations mm. again me being millennial i think the previous one before is gen x which is probably sort of more the the older teammates that i had back in the day sort of born in the 70s and and, and with that sort of old school sort of approach, um, which again, strengths and, and not weaknesses, but sort of more pros and cons, I should say, um, for for dealing with, with that and, and, and the way coaches do that. But the big one's are follow-up too, because if you're given some feedback, I think that's probably the difference these days is the follow-up. And I know that, again, you probably appreciate that if you're going to give some feedback or you um you you know sort of maybe even single out at times if you've done something we're in the heat of the moment the heat of the battle it does happen in, in football and sport um but it's that follow-up and that's what i probably really try to pride myself on that um you need to be sort of followed up and and that's sort of um yeah. you know the best way to
1: sort of deal with things yeah couldn't agree more um and then just to change tax a little bit so obviously the higher up you get um in the in the development pathway as a junior footballer, uh, the more, I guess, attention you're going to get from recruiters and, and, and with that attention is going to come more pressure. Um, and I guess over the, over the past few years, the public interest in the AFL draft uh, has really grown um, and it's continuing to grow. Uh, what are some of the, obviously, you deal with a lot of uh, drafty hope, uh, draft hopefuls and, um, and, and, and young athletes in the academy. Uh, what, are, what are some of the pressures that a draft hopeful uh, has to deal with today that they perhaps didn't have to deal with maybe twenty years ago when when there was no media and um and yeah less public interest in the in the draft.
0: Yeah, great question. I think um actually I asked my my dad about um when he was growing up obviously a long time ago now. But when he when he was growing up, he said he used to because it, AFL or VFL football back then wasn't as publicised. I mean it was a massive game and that, but just it wasn't in our faces like it is today. So I asked him the question. I said, "Did you think you could sort of play?" AFL football and he said it was always a dream and he was obviously pretty good at it and went on to, to play AFL but he, he said it was a dream. They did, obviously just used to go to school and try to get the best marks <coughs> they could and then have that as their plan A and then they made football great um, and then it sort of progressed through the generation. So again me being a millennial probably more t- was more on more TV than the introduction of the, the internet. Um, we used to obviously be immersed with all the, you know, headlines or stories and things like that and up to date with. Um, so then, you know, it was in your face a bit more expectations of draft, what you're sort of saying there coming through. I remember when I was coming through there was, you know, they'd write reports on you and it get published or, um published and things like that throughout the internet and on T V and, and things things like that. And then it's just ramped up since then. So now jumping onto the the generations ahead is it's it's twenty four seven as I said before, they spend a lot of time on their on their uh, devices. So you know, it's on Instagram, it's on your phone, you've got access to pretty much everything and anything. So if you're getting an article written about you coming through the draft or the talent pathways or, or whatever it is, um, you're going to be spoken about. Um, and there's huge pressure with that. I think the number one draft pick of last year and and, um, and this year at the Western Bulldogs, um, he's under, you know, sort of enormous pressure at the moment when, you know, that sort of much anticipated debut. Um, and whether when whenever he does do that, I think um, no doubt he will, but just the expectation of that, and and the media and hype around, I think it's it's no doubt, um, you know, been been a massive thing for for this generation to be able to deal with. So coping me- mechanisms behind that um, are huge.
1: Yeah, for sure. And you mentioned just then um, the, I guess the, the access to devices and and articles on, on Instagram or whatnot being, uh, yeah, right in the face of the athletes. Um, if you're what do you think it's a it's it's a good or a bad thing to read an article on yourself if you're if you're about to come through the draft and um you, you open up and, and you see a picture of yourself and and you're not sure if it's a good or a bad article um do you think do you think it's worth not reading it at all or, or do you think um sort of accepting the media is um is okay what are your, what are your Again, sort of experiences there
0: probably probably more that individual approach and in in terms of what you respond really well to i I know i used to read a a bit of press i used to read it was the herald sun back when i was playing richmond used to get the herald sun after you played and you'd look at your stats and reports and if you got the best players and all sorts of stuff and that was sort of done you'd move on but now it's again it's on your phone it's everywhere and i didn't have that but um in particular early days in my career but um but but now i think it's probably a good time to probably switch off whether it's you know i read an article here and there i assume they probably don't read the newspaper anymore so whether it be, I think it's good to read and, and immerse yourself in, in, in your environment and know what is going on in your, in your industry and how you're going. And if you're going to read some good press about you, well, you've got to read the bad press too. Um, and that's just part of the game. And then I'll probably try and just find a balance and be able to switch off. And I know a lot of players um, do. I was speaking to a particular player um, at the Gold Coast Suns the other day, and he he's, uh, he's off Instagram at the moment. So, um, you know, there's different approaches that probably players do these days.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And um, what are the what are what are some of the key things that you do as a as a coach and a, and a mentor to, um, I guess, bring out the the best in the in the Gen Z athletes that, that you coach today? Is there anything um, in particular that, that that you focus on?
0: Well, probably back to your um, to your point about knowing the individual. Um, I sat down. I think it was when similar to when I think period when you were coming through and. Was sort of anecdotal, or it was it wasn't a, a scientific study? I wouldn't say, but it was a, a sort of a try to tick the tick uh, the squad list off on who was intrinsic and extrinsic um, types of mm. motivators. So being able to be motivated, are they intrinsically motivated or ext- extrinsically motivated? And it was sort of around yeah, sort right. of fifty fifty. Yeah, you probably didn't know what I was doing it. Forget actually when it no. was, and I try to do it still, and just trying to work out. How that how they're gonna respond. So when I know someone's like I'd probably say you're you're fairly intrinsically motiva- motivated, but I don't think you want set in one direction. You can obviously flip and change a mm. bit, but overall and, and on you when coaching you, you were just really motivated, you know, in yourself. I you didn't really have to throw things at you and and things um and things like that to try and get you up. Um but I do have a few players that I've coached and and they're the opposite that you know you dangle a carrot in front of them and, and sort of say, well, um, you know, if you want to be the best kick in our team, I challenge you to kick, you know, thirty kicks on your left foot to no opposite foot and see how you go. And and um, and you know, if you do that, then you you know you, you go in the next category and you're going to be looked at or or whatever it is, just to sort of motivate different uh, individuals. So again, more of an individual sort of approach. Um, and now back to knowing sort of. Um, yeah your squad is, is really important i i reckon I, I couldn't recommend that um you know sort of more to to coaches out there community coaches or coaches um you know dealing with this generation today
1: yeah that's awesome do you, so if you if you have an athlete that uh you've identified is is extrinsically motivated do you try and help them develop into someone who is who becomes intrinsically motivated or do you just try and make sure that uh, you give them the support they need to um to motivate them yeah, yeah extrinsically
0: work with them extrinsically i think and try, try not change too much yep. we're, we're put on this earth and and and, and i suppose it, you know blessed in certain ways that we are and i think uh that that you got to work with that and, and, and try, try not change too much in that individual's approach so
1: that's probably the way i'll go about it yeah that's awesome Uh, Don't go anywhere, guys. We'll be back in a second just after a quick message from our sponsor. If you play Aussie rules, one-on-one football has an online training program for you. Choose from our strength program, skills program, running program, or the newest edition, Mindful Movement. The best part? You can access it anytime, anywhere from your smartphone. Sign up today at oneononefootball.com.au and get the first day for free. So, Renzi, uh mental health issues uh, are something that unfortunately we're starting to see uh, in young athletes more and more and at uh, younger and younger ages, um, competition, anxiety, pressure from school and parents are amongst the most common. Um, how do you ensure that the, the club environment is uh, a really safe space for athletes to, I guess, let go of any external pressures uh, that they might have uh, during the day at school or at home and, um, and yeah, really just play footy and um, have a bit of a sanctuary at the club? Yeah, it's
0: really important, mate. I think uh, I often think about this and think, well, was mental health a thing that was just has just come up recently? No, of course it's not. I think it's been there for years. And again, getting back to that older generation, even me on the back end of that sort of generation where it was sort of not, um, you know, it was sort of a sign of weakness to, to to come out and 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 show that you're you're vulnerable and you're struggling mentally. And now it's just it's I think it's great. I think there's so many things out there now we can support her ourselves with and, and um, you know, there's coping mechanisms around that. Um, but I also think it's it's the amount of time that we, you know, compare ourselves to others and, and talking about social media before and constantly on our phones and we're constantly comparing ourselves to others. And that's what I think is the huge thing with mental health these days. And again, I can't comment for everyone. There's obviously different levels of anxiety and depression and things like that. So that's obviously a really... You know, it's a medical condition and a condition that people are trying to, um, you know, work their way through. And I can't comment for those people. But I do notice a lot of kids out there these days that do compare themselves a lot. And then obviously, that affects their mental side of things. So yeah, creating a sanctuary and environment of training to be able to, you know, probably even put down your phone, I think I, I sort of fluctuate with my coaching and what I, I do sometimes with some of the, um, the rules and Things we put in place, but I have not been known to sort of put the phones away at the door. So put your phone in, in the box and and leave your phones there and try to engage and um, with your teammates and talk. Because when you're out in the field, you don't have your phone. So your ability to be able to talk and open up and things like that I think is really important. Um, and this generation really does struggle with that sort of conversation and always being on their phone or um, even standing and waiting for a doctor's appointment or a coffee or whatever um you'll see people go go to their phone so challenge people to try and Mm. actually put that away and actually just have a conversation like we would back in the day because there's one thing that there's been a lot of things that change in in football but um one of the things that hasn't changed is the ability to be um, out there and use their voice and be able to talk and communicate and build levels of trust and relationship so yeah back to the mental side of things mate i think it's really important um in this generation that we try and Create those environments and and try and just get rid of the devices for a bit. I think that's that'll make a huge difference.
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think um that was something I really found was like you, you look through your day from when you wake up to go to bed, and it's quite rare that you've got what an hour and a half, two hours mm-hmm. without looking at your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, don't know if I'm speaking speaking just for myself there, but um, no, you know, it's, it's always important your or you're man. checking something. Yeah. It's yeah, exactly. And um, I think it's important to remember that. Oh, for coaches especially That, that um, Footy can be a release mm. For some people um, And I actually know I, I, I sort of I think I started to miss that A little bit When I stopped playing footy mm. um, I didn't have that Two hour block Yeah Where I could just Switch off And um, it's interesting You sort of find different things Whether it's You know Going for a walk um, And actually Consciously leaving your phone At home um, At the moment Something like that I'd Take take the dog for a walk And actually deliberately Leave my, my phone at home Gives, a, gives me a little um, A little window Where I get that back Yeah um yeah i think that, i think that's that's gold it's a um it's sort of something that that goes under the radar a bit i guess well, it's just um, those little things you, take, gr-
0: you sort of take for granted a bit don't yeah. you I think those things now the simple things are the best things, and I think they always will be in life, which is really important
1: yeah, couldn't agree more and mate, i know you, um you're a big advocate for uh footballers taking control of their own careers um and sort of uh, doing the um, doing the hours themselves, whether it's um, calling a coach, texting a coach, responding to emails, uh, signing up for their own email address. I remember when we were in the academy. I think by the time we were um, twelve or thirteen, we were encouraged to do all the correspondence ourselves. Um, obviously, some parents were were still doing it uh, to different age uh, up, to, uh, up to different age levels. But um, I'd be interested to get your point of view on that. Like, what age should a footballer start to? Um, do all that communication themselves and and um and why? What's the what's the benefit to their development as a as a person?
0: Well, we're just taking your own career into your hands and and in the, the day, if you want to be there and you ought to be an adult um one day, which is only a couple of years away for some teenagers, you got to take your own career and and take it with two hands and it's yours and and drive that yourself instead of your parents. Because sometimes, as we hate to admit, there's a lot of parents out there that um, probably think it's their career instead of theirs, and that's not that's not having a go at anyone. That's not um, you know, they're not probably consciously doing that, but they're, they're probably doing it a away because they love their kids and they're trying to protect them. But at the end of the day, I think that's really important for this generation to be able to take uh, take some ownership and, and drive those standards. Um, and on that too, it's probably worth noting um, around the ways that Gen Z um, communicate differently to sort of my generation, millennials or generations before that. Now, generation Z are a five-screen culture. So... That's uh, probably, if we can off the top of my head, TV, desktop, um, what else is there? Mobile, tablet, um, and probably missing one other. But for, yeah, about five screens they probably use in any given day. Where my generation is probably more, obviously now changed, but back in the day, two screens. You probably used to have a desktop computer mm-hmm. and a, uh, sorry, a TV and a desktop computer is probably the most sort of technology you probably use in, in a day. And um, the, the best results I've had, so you talk about emails and phone calls and things like that. Now, this generation, it will be quicker to get back to you via um, app based communication, so like WhatsApp groups. So, for example, I send a text message out to some of my players and probably have to you before. Um, uh, and But if I send it via WhatsApp, I'll get a quicker, quicker response via WhatsApp than a text message. Incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's worth managers, coaches out there knowing these type of things and how they wrap. Because I, when I first started sort of dealing with this generation, I was sort of sending the old texts or even phone calls, and what, I used to think it was a bit rude not getting back to me. And then I started trialing mm-hmm. for things and going bang, set up WhatsApp groups, Facebook Messenger, bang straight away. Uh, it's just the way they communicate. Yeah. Um, so my generation again, probably more text and email. Again, I'm I'm probably a bit of death of the death of the phone call. Phone calls again, it does happen, but death of the phone calls probably. Stopped around my generation in terms of ranking systems or priority of where where it started. So back previous generations, I know I communicate to friends of mine in their forties or fifties, and they they'd much prefer a phone call. Where I'd probably prefer a text. And then your generations probably more you can do both um, or all, but you're probably more suited to that um, WhatsApp and, or you know even you and I working in the management of the business now and working via Slack, um, an app that's got all our yeah. worksheets and things like that do I know we we get quicker responses via that. So just worth noting, I think, the ways of communication. So a long-winded answer around communication. I think that's really important to know um, what
1: styles this generation do love. Absolutely. and um, So that's communication away from the club. If you're communicating with... Um, yeah a group of um a group of young footballers whether it's a, a match review or something do you find that we're speaking about the the five screen culture do you find that you get a better learning result or a better response from using technology uh in a meeting so uh, showing match footage yeah. and, and um, drawing and um, and whatnot on the footage than you would um yeah, walking it through on the field or just explaining it to them. Do you find that, that um, they respond better to, to the use of technology in training? Absolutely. So,
0: yeah, walkthrough is visual learning, um, you know, comp- screens up on um, and doing sort of drawings and things like that with a program that we use called Huddle um, and being able to do a lot of our meetings via that. So in their own time, everyone's busy these days flicking meetings via, uh, you know, and uh, it might be a voice recording with the, scr- with the, the video playing, um, getting some really yep. good results and, and engagement levels from that. Um, But the big one too, mate, and again, um, talking around structuring up sort of in training sessions or in and around your meetings is having the ability to making sure that this generation's heard. Um, I think, again, back when I was coming through, it was bang, you got told what to do, what time you arrive, and and we still do a bit, what time to arrive, what you're doing, and that's it, where I've been noted to have players run their own sessions. I sit back and just watch players, and it's a rabble sometimes, Mm. but you know, they do get sick of your voice. And I think it's really important that, again, your generation started with a voice um, and, and they wanna be heard and, and shared and, and sort of brought along with on the journey and not have this sort of authoritarian approach um, in, in your coaching or leading. So it's sort of leading by the side instead of out in the front, even meeting, structuring, standing up in front is that power of, you know, sort of, that's the boss, that's the coach, that's the teacher where take a step back actually sit with them and in a circle could be or sit and watch and and get pliers up and, and just mix it up and, and and different things that you can use i think is really incredible for the buy of the group and i think you'll
1: get huge results i oh, know i'll have yeah that's great i think um it's actually reminded me of a book i've uh just finished uh, listening to an audio book actually um it's called the courage to be disliked fantastic book um Anyway, and in one of the chapters, it talks about horizontal relationships over vertical relationships. So, like we're talking about there, you've got you've got a boss out the front who's obviously commanding a group, and um, and what they say goes. That's uh, I guess an, a, an example of a vertical relationship that might have worked uh, more back in the yeah. day, where you've got a boss and and followers. Whereas, um, and something I found that you were always really good with was treating. The football is as equal, mm. so horizontal relationships mm. everyone's on the same on the same plane different obviously different experience levels, different um, levels of expertise but I think to be a modern day coach you've got to like you said be able to um, listen to the athletes and, and yeah let them be, let them be heard on a on a relationship that's um, yeah sort of mutually mutually um, respecting
0: absolutely and you can do some once once you've got them on side and with the tools and the mechanisms that I'll just spoke about then. You can pretty much not do whatever you want, but you've just got this huge amount of respect, and, and you can actually then mix in with you know the good old spray. If you need to get up someone, you know, give them, give them a rocket or, or whatever it is, direct feedback, and they can accept that. I tell you what, if you come in day one and you start hammering down those things, you just lose um, you know those top um, this generation of, of players um, straight away. So it's it's really important. It's um, important for everyone out there to, to get an understanding of how it all works.
1: Yeah, couldn't agree more. And um, I think we've taken a little bit longer than uh, than twenty minutes, but that's all right. We'll call it. Um, we'll call it stoppage time and go over to a thirty minute quarter. But um, I think that's all we've got time for today, Rancy. I think a, a great little insight into uh, into someone I've always seen as a as a modern day coach, and um, obviously you're uh, you're really passionate about it, and, and always looking for for ways that you can uh, you can help your athletes and. Um. yeah, any last comments before, before we wrap it up?
0: I think we've pretty much covered it all. It's just, again, um, probably just reiterating that, reiterating that ability to actually know your players, understand them. How do they, how do they get motivated? How do you communicate with them? Um, and then how do you get their buy-in? Um, how do you actually build something? If it's a game plan, if it's a leadership group, if it's your, your team structure, whatever it is, how do you get them on board to actually have some input? Obviously you have the overall say, as a head coach or a coach? Um, and then release, let them go out, let them, them, as you said, use as a sanctuary, so many many things going on these days, a good distraction, actually get out there and actually enjoy your your football and not to be said it's a chore and and a dictatorship where you've you've got to do something that you don't want to do. So, (laughs) creating that sort of environment is really important.
1: Yeah, some awesome themes there. Thanks, Reggie. Thanks, Harry. Cheers, mate. Thanks for listening to the one-on-one football podcast. If you got something out of today's episode, we'd love it if you could leave us a review on Spotify, Apple Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to stay updated on special guests, new episodes, and more, please subscribe to the show on your chosen platform. And finally, if you have any questions for Reigns or myself, or you want to get a particular guest on the show, please reach out. Our email address is podcast at one-on-one Thanks guys. We'll see you for the next episode.